Yes, guys, we are back with another guest on the show this week. We know how much you guys love hearing other people's voices and stories on the show, show, so we have delivered just that. This week, we are joined by travel content creator Mark Paxton. Mark recently just got back from traveling around Europe on his own and created content on the places he visited and his experiences and posted it on his Instagram page, which got lots of traction. We talk about in this episode his early years and the, him feeling like he didn't fit in at school his love for basketball and coaching in particular, what has inspired his love for travel and content creation around traveling, the impact of mental health, and so much more. I hope you enjoy this chat as much as I did. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Up The Guts podcast. Joining, as always, is your host, Tricky. I'm joined by a special guest today, travel content creator and, we'll say, uh, event management, sports coach, you name and he does it, Mark Paxton. How are you, mate? Not too bad yourself. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, lots going on. I don't really know what my title will be, but we'll just go with that. Yeah, so um, how's, we'll just start off as a general, how's life looking right now with um, the day-to-day um, what's day-to-day look like at the moment as we speak? Oh, that's such a tough question, man. Like, just every day is so different. Like, at the moment, I've just come back from a massive trip, so I'm just kind of back now just seeing friends and family and just kind of chilling out and just relaxing and taking that time, you know, I guess, to save everyone. But there's some things coming up that I'm looking forward to. Um, but, yeah, at the moment, it's actually pretty boring, pretty cruisy right now. Mm-hmm. I'm just creating videos and editing everything that I've just come back from, so, yeah. Yeah, and how, how, how much time um, does that all take? Look, I'm probably probably like six or seven hours on my computer every day just doing yeah. random stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's taking up my full day. And where did, um, we'll, go, we'll wind it back a bit, go to like school days? Obviously, we went to school together. Yep. Um, did all this, was this something you always wanted to do? Like, um, for us, I know a bit more example, was media one of your strongest subjects in school? Yeah, 100%. Like, I think for me, like, school's a weird one. Like, for anyone that knows me from school, at least anyway, I was like, I was so quiet in school, man. Like, I just... School was not my thing at all. Like, I did not fit in there. It was just, I knew for me, like, what I wanted to do outside of school was either basketball or travel. Um, and I can't do either of them well in school. So, for me, I was like, I'm the terrible person to talk to when it comes to about school. Because I'm like, it's just not me. I hated every second of it. Like, I had my small friendship group. And it's like, I'm just going to keep my keep my head down. I'm going to keep quiet to myself because it's not my thing. But, yeah, I guess you can say from there, it was like, I knew it was always either going to be sport or travel. Yeah. I was going to do. And... Um, obviously, because I did media as well. Did you end up doing your little short film or short doco, if you remember? I remember having to do one, um, and I believe I was actually quite lucky. I believe that I went on a USA trip just before that was due. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually had a little bit of a workaround, and I did mine on um, uh, college athletes being able to get paid, which is such a random to- topic for Aussies. Yeah. Um, but Because I was so passionate about American sports, I actually did that. And because I was going over there... I just went and got my own footage and all that sort of stuff. So that's what I created mine around. Because I know when I did mine, I was kind of lucky too. Because I miss Milankovic, obviously you know her. It was out, yeah, yeah. but for anyone wondering, that's our old media teacher. <laughs> she suggested the sports media route to me, and then I was lucky because my local cricket club had just won the grand final, and they were, so they were going up to the top division. So I was like, why don't I do like a short sort of documentary yeah. and get like three or four people in and just um, do like a short documentary, put highlights uh-huh. of the game and that in there. So that was yeah, mine nice. for that. And yeah, I really enjoyed that. Now you mentioned basketball, big part of your life. How, how young were you when you first um, picked up a basketball or even started playing and took it a bit serious? Oh God. I um I don't remember basketball not being in my life like full stop. Mm-hmm. Um, 
dad was coaching before I was born. So like I know of stories of being like two weeks old and it was at the stadium. Like yeah. I just I just grew up at a basketball stadium. Danny Nong, right? Uh, Danny Nong at the time, yeah. So I grew up at Danny Nong Basketball Stadium um, as my local and just I don't remember a time where it wasn't a part of my life. So it was kind of natural that that's just the sport that I filtered into. Yeah, and how? when was it when you first um, physically started playing, if you can remember that far? Like, I think, like, I joined, like, an under-eights team when I was four and a half, I think, like, four mm-hmm. and a half, five. Um, and I remember wanting to join, like, uh, probably a year before that when I was super young, and I just – I wasn't allowed to. Like, even at four and a half, five with the eight-year-olds, it was still, like, a huge gap. But um, I finally convinced my parents at that time to allow me Yep. Um, but yeah, probably I'm going to say four and a half, five, I reckon. And when was it when you, uh, started? Cause do you play a bit of rep? Yeah. I played rep for oh, seven or eight seasons. Yeah. When was, when was that first one? And what's, cause I've heard stories. What's the travel like? There's some decent travels I hear going on when yeah, you're playing. It's crazy. Like even at the rep level, it was, um, I guess I would have been say eight years old when I first got on my first rep team, like would have been bottom levels, like teams five and six and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, f- I was probably about eight years old, I reckon. And um, even at that age, you're travelling to Geelong or Altona. And I guess as an adult now, it's like, oh, yeah, it's only a two-hour drive. But, like, as a kid, when you've just come back from school and you've got a 6.40 game, so you're leaving school early sort of thing to get to Geelong, it's it's a weird experience, like, for sure. And then we would have tournaments that would be interstate and things like that. And just it's such a surreal experience. You feel on top of the world, like, as an eight-year-old, so it was good fun. Was there any players that you come up with that might be – that have gone on that you know? From there? Yeah, so, like, not that I played with. Um, I was lucky to play with some guys that are now in NBL 1 or NBL at a local level. Mm-hmm. Um, but my whole age group versed and competed with guys like your Josh Giddies of the world, um, Dyson Daniels, yep. and stuff like that. And purely just because they're my same, they're like the same age. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was never on the same team as them, but definitely did verse them. When did uh, Josh Giddy move? Because he, he, he took the move over to America, didn't he? At a younger age. No, no, no. So Giddy, um Giddy went through all his junior career here with the Melbourne Tigers and actually joined the an NBL team with the Adelaide thirty sixes. So he went Adelaide instead of going to college. So he was Was it was it Ben Simmons that ben went? Simmons ben Simmons went yeah. yeah, Ben Simmons went he he left Box Hill when he was oh, I don't even know, but I won't get yeah, yeah, 14, 15, 16, that age. Yeah. Yeah, and what was it like um, did you know when, say, for example, Josh Giddy and that, did you know they were gonna be really good from a young age? Uh, not really, to be honest. Like, Josh was a weird one. If And again, like, I didn't know him personally as a mate or anything, but you're you're always watching, like, guys that are in the state team and stuff, you're always watching them progress and grow and where they're going to end up. And for me personally, anyway, Josh was a weird one. He um he de- seemed to develop really late. Like, he obviously had the passion for it. His dad was a, was a Aussie basketball icon and a legend as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was always that potential there that maybe he could because he had the drive. Um, and I remember, like... I think it was probably the Australia Day tournament when he was like 14, 15. And um, he was good. He wasn't great, but he was good. And then literally a year later at the same tournament, he had grown like six inches or something stupid what, like that. How, how tall is he, do you know? I, I don't know, but I'm, I think he's like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, something yep. like that now. Yeah. Um, and I just remember it, like the huge growth spurt in that span just because I hadn't seen him for 12 months either. And I was like, yeah, okay. And then he was still playing like a point guard. And then that was kind of that moment of that six. I reckon he was about 16, 17 where you've gone, okay, this, there's a real potential here that not only just the NBL, mm-hmm. but Aussie Boomers and maybe even the NBA. So 
And Dyson Daniels, was he from Bendigo? Yeah, he's ben- Bendigo. So yeah. I um I saw a lot less of Dyson just because we didn't compete with the country teams as much. Yep. Um so we would verse him in tournaments and stuff like that. But even just being able to watch uh him play was very limited just because he was on the other side of the state. I and guess. he has a younger brother who's going really well at the moment, doesn't he? Yeah, so he's got an older brother who's quite good and playing um at an elite level here in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um and his younger brother, Dash, he um who knows? He could be another NBA guy. Let's let's see what happens. But and then, uh, f- fast forward. Would you say coaching for you? Like when you were playing, were you always one of the ones who wanted to be one of the leaders, and that's where coaching has come from? Um, I guess so. I, I guess you could say that in a way. Um, I think for me personally, I had, I knew that I had the brains and the IQ there. Like I loved the sport so much, and I was so passionate about it that, I and so invested. I guess that. I knew all its little ins and outs, but I didn't grow. Like I'm 23 now and I'm 5'7". So <laughs> that, w- that was an issue. Um, and I was slow as hell. Like no matter what I tried, I was just slow. I was not athletic. So you have sure. to back in your shooting. Yeah, yeah cr- much. correct. So I had to learn how to shoot and I wasn't a great shooter anyway. Um, but I knew I loved the sport and I was so passionate about it. Um, and that's kind of how I got into coaching. So I started coaching at like 12 and 13, even while I was playing. Yeah. Um, and I think I kind of found my niche early that that was going to be where I wanted to head with the sport. And what is it about coaching that really, you really love? That's a good question, actually. Um, I think it's about because I'm all about team. I'm all about team and working together as a group. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess we really got that in basketball. It was uh, the sort of coach I was. I wasn't a dictatorship in terms of a coach. Like you can often get into a team where they dictate the team and it's their say or the highway. Yeah, yeah. Where because I had the experience as a player, so I could also bring that perspective. I knew where the players were coming from mm-hmm. when they had issues, instead of just being someone that so ne- you could never flip played. it on its head a bit. Yeah, correct. So I can put myself in their shoes and understand where they were coming from, and then we could come to a, a like a solution or whatever it was um, in that moment so much quicker and easier. So it meant that our teams would progress a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. We, we could just move as one. Yep. So. And you, what's some of the best experience you've had as a coach? Because you have coached at a reasonably high level, I believe. Yeah, I've been quite lucky even when I was younger. Um, I think for me, one of the most surreal moments, and it might not be a lot for some people, but for me it was just, I couldn't believe it at the time, but I um, I got an assistant coaching role with a Victorian state side. Yep. Um, and I remember getting... How old were you at this point? Uh, I was just out of high school. So I was, I think I was still seven, 17, 18. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I remember getting the um, email and then the following phone call about 10 minutes later um, and acted all professional on the call and stuff like that while trying to contain myself. Yeah. Um, and I just remember kind of being speechless. Like I didn't even know how to tell my parents because it just meant so much to me. Um, and then the first training session, we were actually traveling. So we had to stay at a hotel for a couple of nights. And I got all my gear. It was the first time ever getting any sort of Victorian state gear at the time. And I remember just like for half an hour sitting in my own hotel room, just staring at like the Vic logo. <laughs> I just, even for the footy fans, like the big V just on the logo, just staring at it going like, what the fuck? Like, sorry, I can't even swear, but like, just what the Go hell? It's okay. If yeah, you yeah. So it was like, what the fuck? Like, this is actually so surreal. Yeah. Um, Just like an absolute idiot, just staring at it. And yes, yeah, that was the first moment in my coaching career. I was like, Shit, like, this is, like, legit. This is pretty cool. So. And how did you go in that tournament? Um, yeah, really good, actually. We um we didn't know what to expect, but we were Vic Country at the time. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was with the countryside. Um, and we knew the Metro side were going to be pretty good. Um, and the 
years before that, the countryside had been, I guess you could say, underperformed a bit because yep. they had decent teams, but they just weren't getting the results. Um, and we went uh, undefeated through the pool play. And that we were like, yeah, okay, we're on a roll here. This is really good. Um, and then we won through the quarters, lost the semis um, to Vic Metro, mm-hmm. um, which was just, even that in itself was a surreal experience being on um, the State Basketball Centre on court one with two, 3,000 people just surrounding the court and just like, you got to remember, this is like under 15s basketball. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're, they're kids. Like, this is crazy. Um, and we went down by, I don't remember exactly, but I think it was five or six points. It was really close. And I just remember a few people being really gutted because we felt like we were there. We felt like we could have won it, um, even though we had exceeded all the original expectations. Um, and then I remember coming in the next day for the bronze medal game and we just ended up, or they almost come in with like a chip on their shoulder, even at that age. Um, and we ended up winning by, it wasn't even close in the end. Um, so we came away with bronze, which was actually a really cool experience. So, And you got to coach the Melbourne Tigers women's, is that correct? Yeah, so again, that was only just recently yeah. in the last uh, youth league season. I, um, I was actually taking a year off, so I had no basketball commitments. I just had nothing. I was going to just have a year off and see what would happen after that, and um, probably about a week before the season, I had got approached and had a couple of phone calls with some people I knew that were at the club, um, and they were looking for an assistant coach, and I couldn't help myself, and <laughs> I said yes. Like just you say, you take a year off, then the opportunity comes. Yeah, and you're yeah. Like, yeah, look, I'm not going to be able to cope without basketball <laughs> in my life, so, Correct, so I'm better off taking it. And um, to be perfectly honest, arriving at Melbourne, it was quite a weird experience. It was um, probably the first time that I had. Besides the state stuff, but more at a, I guess, a local level. It was the first time I experienced any sort of professionalism, I could say. And that's not to diss any of the other clubs I was at, but it was just it was just next level. It was yeah. taken so seriously. Um, and I just loved that because everyone was so passionate, like, just as like as I was. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I was with the Youth League Women's team as an assistant. And um, we were, I would show up to training on a Tuesday or a Thursday night and on the... Same court as us down the other end with the NBL one team was was a giddy, so Josh's dad. Um, so just picking his brain and learning from him was amazing. And then on the other court with the men's with Andrew Gaze coaching both teams. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm surrounded by basketball royalty three or four times a week. Mm-hmm. Like this is a consistent thing. So I learned so much in that time and just, I reckon in that one season at Melbourne, I learned more about myself and as a coach than I did the previous six or seven seasons. Ex- expand on that for me. What What do you think you learned about yourself? Um, just how to lead better mm-hmm. because I felt like I had it in me, um, but how to communicate what at the right time. Yeah. There, there's a choosing, choosing when to go and when to not. Yeah, correct. And that can be even in game. Sometimes it's the right time. Yes, your team's not going great, but it's not the right time to give them a good old Aussie spray. Yeah. Yeah. But, but then there is a time where it is the right time to give them a good old Aussie spray. Um, and just learning what situations should dictate what your reaction is to get the team in the right place. Mm-hmm. And have you found, because they talk about a lot, especially in footy day, um, footy nowadays, different, our generation, different people can handle different mm-hmm. ways to approach them. You've got to approach an individual different than you would another individual. Did you ever find that when you were doing it? So might, some might want to get an Aussie spray. Yeah. And that feeds them. But if someone, if you did it to another person, they might go in their shell. So this is where, especially at a senior level with sports, it's a bit different. 
because yes, you've still got different personalities and it needed, needs to be treated differently. But when you're talking to them as a group, if you are giving a bit of a spray, there's at least a few players that are going to be able to, I'm not going to say take it, but use it as motivation. Mm-hmm. And they're often your leaders. They're your captains. They're those people. So then even if someone else is not necessarily the best way for them to respond, your captain then steps in and arm around the shoulder, that sort of thing. And then they're revving up the players as well. Yeah. So that's where it's really key to have those senior players, those captains that can lead as well. Is there ever a scenario where you've had to adapt to when you've given a spray or thought, oh, maybe I went around it the wrong way there or not? Oh, hundred times. Yeah. I couldn't count on my fingers. Like, absolutely. Um, and that's all about the learning process. Like, mm-hmm. I'm almost certain there's coaches, like, even if you look at the NBA now, some of the best coaches of all time, even they'll say now, during they'll be able to pick moments during the season where they've gone, I should have done this differently or we should have run this play differently or I should have responded differently. Yeah. Um, and they've been coaching for 30 odd years at the highest level you can. So mm-hmm. um, I think you're always growing and always going to make mistakes and just you're trying to be better at 1% every day sort of thing. So Yeah. Before we get on to more of the travel stuff, we'll mm-hmm. stick to the sport a bit. Bomber supporter, am I right? Unfortunately, yeah. How, do you, how have you seen this season so far, the first season under Brad Scott? The Brad Scott himself, I'm quite content with. I, I was super happy with that hiring, um, and I still am now. Yeah. Um, mainly because it didn't seem like we had any sort of culture at the club. And then, again, this is looking from a fan from the outside in. Um, but I remember for years just watching different games, and you just go, it's not the fact that we're losing is the issue. It just doesn't seem like there's any effort. Yeah. Um, and we've had that pretty consistent all year. So even our losses this year, we've kind of gone, we're not there as a club yet. And that's okay because you can see the progression. You can see the effort being put in. Um, so Brad Scott on just a coaching level, I'm like, let's sign him up for the next five, six years. Like, let's lock him down. I'm super happy with that. Yeah. Um, and from a playing group, I'm, I think we're exactly where I guess we would be. Like, I remember telling my mates at the start of the season, I predicted us to be somewhere between eight and 13. Yeah, and I, like, I think like, I had you about 12th. Yeah, and I'm like, if we make, if we finish eighth, if we I finish said, the yeah, top I end. I said when, um, when I was doing the present prediction, I said, where you'll lack is your key backs. Yeah. You don't have enough depth in your key backs. Yeah. That's where I said personally. So I said 8 to 13 simply because we weren't polished and we weren't experienced. And polish comes with experience as mm-hmm. well. Um, and it was just more so if we make the finals in 8, fantastic. But again, we'll see all the memes that we'll probably lose that elimination final. Yeah. We'll make it, but we'll lose that elimination final. And that meme rolls on on how many days, like over 6,000 days now, not winning final. Um, but anywhere from 8 to 13, I feel like we'll be successful if we continue the way we are, and it's been good. So, Who's someone that you've watched this year and gone, well, I didn't realise he was that good? Hobbsy. Yeah, he's good, isn't he? Hobbsy's going to be surreal. Like, he's, um, yeah, he's had an outstanding season. Um, Especially when they play him a bit more actually in the midfield. Yeah, he's just, he's just got that natural instinct where as soon as the ball's in his hand, he just often makes the right decision more than not, so... So, um, yeah, he's quite exciting to watch. So I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes. Yep, yep. Now, before – and then before, again, I was thinking because obviously both love our media. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming you love movies? Uh, I do, but I don't watch a lot of TV or movies at the moment. So go, go for it. But, yeah, I don't really watch a lot of TV. I was thinking let's name some of our favourite sport movies. Oh, our favourite sport movies? Yeah. Oh, hands down, Coach Carter. I yeah, mean, I was going to say yeah. Coach Carter is one of my favourites. Mm-hmm. Another one was Blindside. Blindside I, lo- I love that movie. Mm-hmm. But I think Coach Carter, for me, always gets me. Yeah, yeah. That blind... You can name them... You can keep wheeling them off. Blindside. Uh, 
Uh, Remember the Titans. Yeah, that was a good. Another film. good one. There's yeah. so many, and but mm. I think personally, Coach Carter is my favorite. Yeah, I I couldn't tell you how many times I've watched that. Yeah, I've got no idea. And you learn something new every time you watch it. It's it's not that it's just such a great movie. It's more what you're learning mm-hmm. through the movie. You're, you're going on the journey, like you said, as him as a coach. He's learning as he's going on yeah. how to adapt to different mm-hmm. situations because he comes he comes in, Mister like. I'm going to be all classy and not to cop any shit. Yeah. And then he learns, well, no, that's not how these hood hood people mm-hmm. are going to react to it. Yeah. I've got to adapt it. Then when he adapted, they responded. Yeah. So I think personally that I would have to agree with you, Coach Carter is my favourite one. Is there yeah. any other sport movie that springs to mind when you're thinking? Not off the top of my head, but I, um, I'm quite – even though I don't watch a lot now, I'm quite excited to see um, – I don't know if you've seen, but Air's come out recently. Yeah, I watched that. Oh, you've, you've seen it. Okay, yeah. so I haven't seen it yet, but I'm quite excited to see that just because I've heard it's from a very different perspective. I won't spoil anything, but I'll say very good. Yeah. Very, very good. Yeah, I've had a few, a lot of family members watch it and they've all said the same thing. Because so. one thing that got me wanting to go watch it too was the cast they got on it. Mm-hmm. I was like, that cast is unreal. Yeah. But when I saw Air, I'm like, yeah, I've got to go watch this. Yeah. Now, moving on to more of your travel stuff, where did... The passion for travel and cruises as well. Where did yeah. this um, come from? And when, obviously, you like the travel, but when did you think to myself, okay, I'm going to start recording my experiences? Yeah, right. So, I think I, w- I was quite lucky. I always went away with my family um, in the school holidays, but it was nothing ever big. It was always just like, let's go to Phillip Island during school holidays. Let's go to a chick or like wherever. Or it would be a basketball tournament that we were traveling yeah, yeah. to. So, it might be like, it might be like an Adelaide or something. Um, but all I saw was the inside of basketball stadiums. Um, but I knew I loved it and just being moving around and constantly seeing new places and new things. Um, and I remember probably when I was like, I don't remember exactly the age, but I think it was at 15, 16 age, my parents split. And for some reason when they split, both of them took us on a couple of big holidays. Um, you went on a lot of cruises during that yeah, time. Wasn't yeah. You? So I went on two cruises with mum, um, just to like the South Pacific islands and stuff. And I was hooked instantly. Um, and then it was only a couple of months later, um, I actually went on, I went to America for five, six weeks with my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was my first big land holiday as well. So within the span of a couple of months, I'd experienced cruising and then like, yeah, original generic land holidays. Um, and I remember getting back from that trip in 2016 and it's just gone, I love this. Like, yeah. this is absolutely insane. Um, and now 2016, I'm still in high school. I can't go by myself. And again, going back to the school thing you feel trapped because I'm like, I love basketball. I want to go do it and pursue it from a business standpoint as well. I love travel. What can I do with it? Sort of thing. Can't do any of this because I got to show up Monday to Friday at school. Exactly. Um, or you don't have to. Oh, you don't <laughs> have to. Yeah, yeah. But that's why I was so excited. Like I remember in VCA, I put in bare minimum effort. Like mm. I passed all my classes and I got my ATAR and stuff. But I remember like just putting in the bare minimum because I didn't want to be there because I knew what was coming afterwards. And you hear all the stories about people like, Adult, they're adults and like, oh, don't wish your school life away because we all wish we can go back and stuff like that. I've, I think it's been like six years now, which is crazy out of high school. Um, and not one part of me misses it. Yeah. Like I, I love my life at the moment. Like I really do. Um, so yeah, so I digress a little bit, but that, so that travel, especially back from that USA trip, kind of kickstarted my want to travel. Yep. Um, and then I guess, yeah, I just, I couldn't really do it. Put it on the back burner because... When you're coaching basketball at such a high level, it takes up all your time. Yeah. Um, and basketball's 10 months of the year. Mm-hmm. And then the two months you aren't doing it. You're planning you've got, pre-season. You've got 
preseason, you've got team tryouts, you've got Christmas break in the middle somewhere there. Yeah, you've got off season tournaments and all that sort of stuff. So, like when you look at like an NBA schedule, yeah. People that complain they need a week off during the AFL season. When you look at the NBA schedule, you go, what the hell are they whinging about? Yeah, don't get me started on these <laughs> AFL breaks. Oh, what, like you look Sorry at it. Guys, how, long, how long does an actual <laughs> NBA season go for? It's 82 games, not including playoffs. Um, but it's it's October to April, basically. Yeah, it's yeah. insane. Before playoffs. Yeah, that's insane. Um, so, yeah, don't get me started on AFL players taking these breaks. But <laughs> anyway, we won't go into it. But, yeah, so it's... um. I had to really choose straight out of high school because they're such big commitments. I had to choose and I was like, well, I, I love basketball and I know it's like my passion. It's where I'm at. So I just did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was, as I said, I was going to take that year off just to see what happens. And I didn't, I got sucked in and I went to Melbourne and I don't regret it. I loved every second of it. Um, but Melbourne season finished, I guess this, cause they're in finals now. So this time last year. Yep. Um, so it was about this time last year where our season finished, we lost in finals in some round. And, um, and I just went, I'm done now. Like, I love basketball and I love the team I've got and all the ins and outs of it. But I'm now feeling held back because I can't travel and I want to. Um, so, yeah, I think it was this time last year where I just went, you know what, screw it. I'm going to take a year off no matter what happens. I'm just taking a year off. I don't necessarily have to travel. I might work nine to five. But I don't know what that looks like, but I'm having a year off. Um, and I felt quite privileged to get some offers from teams and stuff to coach, which was fantastic. Um, but I had to find all my willpower possible and not take it. Um, it ended up being kind of the best decision that I've ever made. Um, I'll go back to coaching at some point in my life, but I can't see that being in the next five years. Yep. Uh, maybe even 10, 15, maybe longer. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, yeah, I'm enjoying travel so much and there's just so much out there that I want to do and see. So that kind of kick-started it. Um, and then I kept seeing all this travel content on YouTube and Instagram and stuff and I was sending uh, photos back to home um, and then was just getting responses like your fo- and it was only photos at the time but your photos look really cool like this is really good and then I had a couple of people actually want to buy outside of family um, buy my photos I'm like shit I can make money from this like this mm. is really weird please talk us through how you get that so some of the um, shots you get of the wide open city you get of like buildings now you got a you got a drone I'm assuming going yeah, up yeah so I I became obsessed with drone footage um <laughs> and so I went out and bought one um probably about that 16 17 age and then just every year I upgraded the one I had because I always wanted more and more and more and so now I've got the one that I've got being a DJI one that I live by absolutely love it it goes everywhere with me mm-hmm. um even if I'm just going down the road my drone's at least in my car fully charged just because I might. Um, you never know what can pop out. Yeah, correct. And it just gave me a whole new perspective when I was away on my holiday. I was just like, all right, yeah, cool. So, like, I'm seeing whatever landmark, it, crazy landmark it is, and then now I'm taking my drone off and seeing it from a whole new perspective. Also, when you say you got the drone, you weren't necessarily getting it to 100% make content with. You were getting it so you can see it from up on yeah, that angle as well I just well wanted for it for yourself. myself. Yep. I just wanted it for myself. Um, and then I started seeing what I was able to do and then I started getting creative and just messing around with it and stuff. Um, and then, yeah, got some cool feedback from friends. So I'm just like, all right, I'm just going to start posting it. Like there was no intention. It was just, I'm just going to start posting on Instagram just to put it out there. And then it kind of just went crazy from there. I'm like, shit, this wasn't even my plan or intention. I like, there was nothing here for this. Um, and now it's just kind of spiraled out of control. So. Yep, and then the followers on Instagram keep ticking, mate, don't they? Yeah, it's been crazy. It's um, It's been such a weird thing. So it's been hilarious because, like, I actually 
when you become semi-successful, and I'm nowhere near where I want to be yet, I don't even call myself successful. Just for you guys out there wondering, I literally had a check at Mark's <laughs> Instagram today and it said 101K followers and I was like, holy shit. Yeah, like, so I, I, I'm still nowhere near where I want to be, but I um, I guess depending on who you ask, that's quite successful. So I um, I got, it was only probably about a month ago. I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to throw people out here just because probably most of your listeners will be people that know us as well. So certainly not going to do that, but... I got a, um, two or three text messages um, and on Facebook and stuff from a few people back in the day from school um, just absolutely roasting the crap out of me, just like throwing me under the bus, just going all, like just going to the works. And I was just like, hmm, okay, like I, I don't know why this is happening, but like maybe, the, I don't know if it's jealousy or what, but like I guess at that point maybe it is seen as it a little bit successful, I guess. Yeah. Um, because... People just want to bring you down, so they're not happy when other people succeed, I guess. And then you took uh, three three months, was it? Yeah, just over three. Three months, months Europe trip. Ta- take us through that. And what was your favorite spots you went to? Some of to some of them, and some of the experience you learned over on that oh, trip because you went by yourself, did you not? Yeah, so I um I actually went to America first. Okay, yeah. So not many people know that because I posted a little bit in America. Um, went to a basketball game, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. So I um I flew out of Melbourne and flew to LA. Um, and went to a Clippers game and actually got on the court and stuff. That was surreal. That was absolutely insane. What, how? Because I, I haven't been to America. Mm. If Can you compare ticket prices from a footy game to a basketball game over there? So in Australian dollars, I sat... I think Is I it sat, courtside? Or? It, no, I sat seven rows back from courtside mm-hmm. um, on the baseline. And it was the Clippers' second last game of the regular season. And they were getting ready for finals. Um, and I paid 130, 140 bucks Australian. Okay, yeah. Um, but you can get, if you want to sit in the bleachers and you just want to go to a game, which I've done several times, you can get tickets for 15, 20 bucks. Yeah. Um, so it's often, ch- and baseball is another level. Like I went to, I went to the New York Yankees and paid $7. That's unreal. For like $7 Aussie, it was like $3.50 American. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, but I loved it. So I went to LA, did, I'd been to LA before, so, and it's kind of not my favourite place. I've heard a lot of people say that. LA. Yeah. I don't know. It's just run down. It's dirty. Um, it's kind of not what it's cut out to be. So mm. I really just went there this time just as a layover break for a couple of days because it's such a long flight. Yeah. Um, and because I don't see myself as that successful yet, I'm flying economy still. Yeah. So I'm like, nah, screw this. Like, I'll take a couple of days in LA. So I managed to do all that, and that was cool. Went to New York um, for a few days, which, again, I love New York. It's one of my favorite cities. Um, and then jumped on a cruise from New York, which – took me to Europe. So that's how I got to Europe was a cruise via New York. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, started, I guess, I was in America for a couple of weeks and then did basically three, four months in Europe, just going all around. What crazy. are some of the favourite, not yeah. even places, but experiences that you witnessed? And if someone, well, let me <laughs> let me rephrase, let me put it this way. Say if I was going to go to Europe, yeah. what's the first, let's say, three places you tell me to go right now? So... Definitely Florence in Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, so Florence is location wise is literally in the middle of Venice up top, and then Rome down south. Mm-hmm. And Florence is basically smack bang in the middle in the Tuscany region, um, and it doesn't have all the tourist appeal of here's the Colosseum or here's the um, waterways of Venice or anything like that. But it's just got a natural, authentic Italian feel to it. Um, where it's got some famous museums and stuff, which was quite cool. But then it just, it didn't have the touristy vibe to it. It was, we go to this cafe and it just felt 
authentic Italian. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of what I'm living for. I don't want to go somewhere and just feel like home. Um, and I'm living for those cultural experiences. You want to you want to travel so you're not experiencing what you're experiencing yeah, or at your home. Because if that was the case, why would you travel in the first correct. place? Correct. And so you go to a lot of these places and they're catered to the tourists and they're all English speaking, which is great. But I enjoyed the challenge of I don't speak any other language in English. I can barely speak that well, but like I don't speak any other language. But I enjoyed the challenge. Did of you take someone that only speaks Italian? Did you take German in school? Yeah, I did. So did you did you go to Germany when you were over there? Yeah. Were you able to communicate a little bit? Not, <laughs> I don't, you couldn't I, can't even, I can't even count to five. Like <laughs> I got A pluses in um, German like yeah. when we were in school, but that's simply because I just went to Google Translate. Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah. Like, that shit worked. Like, yeah, yeah. I didn't know anything. I, I could probably <laughs> introduce myself. That's a bit. Hello, yeah, mine and Naman is Trent. That, then you've lost me. <laughs> yeah, no, I got, you got nothing from me. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, so Florence is definitely number one. Probably one of my favourite cities in the world. Um, Malaga in Spain. Again, there's a lot to do there, but in terms of the well-known touristy stuff, there isn't really. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just a tiny little coastal town in Spain that's kind of untouched from the tourist. Um, but it's just so authentic and just... I, I would move there tomorrow if I could. I really would. Yep. Um, and then probably my third one. Where would I go? There's just so many places, but I loved Athens as well. I, I just loved Greece. That's another place I could move to. Did you go to a lot of events while you were over there as well, like stuff? Oh, I went to some events. What um, are some of the ones that you enjoyed over there? Did you get to any sporting events yeah, as well? Yes, yeah, so I went to um, for any of our football slash soccer fans. You go to a Premier League game? Nah, Premier League finished a week before I got to England. Oh. So it was on when I was in Europe, yeah. but then when I got to England, it was too late. And then I missed PSG by a week in Paris as well, All right. um, which would have been crazy. But I got to one football game, and that was Roma versus Inter Milan. Yep. Um, in Rome, and that was probably the most insane sporting event of my entire life. I've heard that football crowds, they've got like nothing. I mean, we've got nothing on them. Yeah. But just, and if you got to experience, if you got there a week early and experienced that Premier League, imagine that. I've so, heard that's insane. So I want to go to a Premier League game just kind of to say that I've done it. Go to like one of your big name teams. But I was actually lucky to speak to some English people over there, and they said that it doesn't even compare because they're – it's so England's so westernized like we are yep. that they've got so many rules in place that you can't have flags or flares or anything in a Premier League game. So the atmosphere is good compared to here, but it's not that good compared to your Eastern Europe sides. Okay, yep. Um, so you're more it's probably Champions Champions League. Yeah, would kind of be the better experience. So I um, but yeah, that game was honestly insane. It was sold out, um, and just the crowd from the moment we walked in the door, like you can't walk around the stadium. So, like, here, if you go to the MCG or Marvel or whatever, you can walk around the whole stadium, besides maybe the MCC, right? Yeah. There, because it's so full-on and fans can get violent, they've sectioned it off with concrete walls. Okay. So, if, if you're seating in section 250A, you walk into your section and you've got your own little food stall and stuff, and that's literally probably 20 rows of seats. That's the only area you can go in the entire stadium. Okay, yeah. So, when you walk out of the stadium... There's barriers the whole way. You can never enter another lane. Mm -hmm. um, so it means you can't get to other fans around the stadium. Yep. And even that in itself was like, damn, this shit's like crazy. Like, this yeah. is so weird. Um, and as soon as the game started, even before the game, I instantly clicked just looking around like why this is in place. Like, these fans are actually nuts. Yep. Um, but that was such a surreal experience. Um I didn't really get to any other sport. There was a couple of basketball games that I would have loved to have get, got to, but I just didn't get a chance. Mm -hmm. um, I went to a concert, which was cool in Amsterdam. Yep. Um, 
And initially, I only went to piss my sister off. Okay. So yeah. uh, some people would have seen it on Instagram, but I went to a Harry Styles concert. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like I I can't I don't know any of his songs. Like I don't listen to Harry Styles. Um, but my sister was like a huge fan. Like Die Hard fan is like every other female chick in Australia is. Um, so I'm like, you know what? Screw it. it. Takes like seventy bucks. I'm not doing anything tonight. I'm gonna go and just spam her on Snapchat just to piss her off. Yeah. Um, and initially that was the only reason I went, but like. Just guilt, guilty pleasure. It was actually a really good concert. <laughs> like, it was actually bloody insane. Um, so, yeah, full credit to him. You just had to put on a show. you knew more songs than you thought you did? or um, Yeah, I guess so. Just mainly because it's been played throughout the house or whatever. So, I actually did in the end. Um, and again, I wouldn't say he's my go-to. But in terms of just putting on a performance, good on him. What's some of the uh, best issues you had when you were going over there? Best issues? Yeah, dishes. Like oh, di- dishes, food. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. All good. Um... Grease. Grease, yeah. So I remember I had a X amount for my budget for food every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to Greece, and the first thing I wanted was, depending on where you're from, depends on how you pronounce it, so I might get it wrong, but a euros. Um, so basically just meat in a wrap, essentially. Yeah. Um, with some sort of sauce. And that's all I wanted. So I get there. We find this restaurant in like a marketplace right near where I was staying. And um, I'm like, yep, I want that for dinner, just takeaway. Because I was going up to the Parthenon that night just to go have a look, walk around, see the view and all that sort of stuff. So I was on the go, so I got that. And um, it come out like this big, just just all of meat, I guess, in this wrap. Um, and yep, ready to pay. And it was $3.50 Australian. And I'm like, Wait, have you charged? Like, I was honest. I'm like, guys, have you charged me for the right thing? And they're like, yeah, it was three bucks. So I remember being in Greece for like 10 days and I spent like 30 bucks on food. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm just going to go that every day. And I don't really need, need two a day. I don't eat breakfast. So lunch, I'll have one. Dinner, I'll have one. And now I'm set. Um, and you're allowed to drink alcohol in public. Okay, yeah. Um, and everywhere sells alcohol. So like supermarkets sell it. Um, if you walk just to a side vendor, they sell it. Like it's everywhere. Um, and you can get like 750 mil cans or bottles of like Heineken or anything like that for 70 cents. Jesus. And so like I was pissed every day in yep. Greece. Like it was absolutely insane. Um, or just like if you like your cruises and stuff, cruises are like 45, 50 cents. <laughs> like I'm just like, so I remember having like a six pack of cruises. I've got like six or seven beers just going up to the path and at like midnight just drinking. Like I don't even know how I got home that do night. I want it, do I want a fruity taste or do I want a beer taste? Which one? And then you just go both. Like, And then you just alternate one yeah, by one, by one, Absolutely. By one. So yeah, Greece in terms of food. And then you got your generic stuff. Like Italy was amazing for pizza and pasta. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I was in Italy for two weeks. And I think by about after the first week, I was craving something else. Yeah. Like, this is great. Like I'm not going to take it for granted, but. I was just, I'm over pizza and pasta because that's all they sell. Like, literally, that's all there is. Um, besides maybe a hard rock cafe, which I don't do because I don't do the commercialized stuff. So, it was, um, yeah, I was good to go get some other food. And now, speaking of the drink side, you do do a bit of event management as well. Do you want to talk about through that? Yeah, so not anymore. Not anymore. I did. Um, there was a really weird period between, of say, four or five months between finishing up a basketball and before I started traveling properly. Yep. Um, and there's just so much in the world on this rock that we live on that I want to do. Um, and like, so I love partying. I love got it going out and doing these things and going to different events. Um, and I had some mates in that space. So I actually got into the event management stuff just at some nightclubs yep. in the city and it went really well and I enjoyed it and stuff. But 
I'm going, kind of just went, it wasn't a long-term thing for me. Yeah. yeah. Like, I know people do it long-term. And I enjoy it, but I enjoy it sporadically. Mm. I don't enjoy it going out every weekend. And you enjoy it here and there. Yeah, correct. Um, so I only did that. It went really well for when I was doing it. And even now I do it occasionally. Um, but it turned out just not to be my thing. And that's the kind of personality I am. I'm just going to I'm gonna end up trying a hundred different jobs before I die. Yeah. Like I, there's just so much I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. What's your go-to place if you're going to the city? Um, pretty generic, but I like the precinct to start yeah. just on the corner and down in Richmond, especially if you go to the footy and stuff. It's so generic, but it's generic because it works. Like yeah. it, it's just good for a good vibe. Um, but if I'm going out night clubbing, um, I got to kind of shout out my mate. So, um, we're going out on a Thursday. I'm going to Paran and going to Panda Thursdays. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a Friday, I'm going to Flamingo, which was on Queen Street, but they've just moved to the Emerson. Okay, yeah. Um, and then on a Saturday night, I'm going to Euphoria. So, okay, yeah. Yeah. Or if I'm going on a Sunday sesh, uh, Sacred Garden down in St. Kilda is a good joint. Yeah, well, I've that, been there. It's it's dangerous because they do um they do unlimited mimosas for two hours mm-hmm. and then for like 50 bucks. So you pay 100 bucks and extend it for four hours. Yeah. And it's um that's a dangerous night. When that yeah, happens. we did that probably about two months ago now. And just last week, we had my mate's box party and we went on and wanted mm-hmm. um, one of those uh, bottomless cocktail cruises. On yeah. the Yarra River. It was just two mm. hours of free drinks. Oh, it was yeah, so awesome. I had a big one the night before and I remember having my first one or two drinks. And I'm like, it's not going down, great. Yeah. It's not going down. And then once I got a few in, I'm like, yeah, these are going down real well now. Yeah. <laughs> these are going down real well. Mm-hmm. But what did you, What? it's going to be a really tough question for you. Yeah. Travel like mainland mm-hmm. or cruises? It's just, I think for me now, it's just finding a balance. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't have a preferred? No, I really don't. So I thought I would. I thought it would be cruising. Mm-hmm. Um, but after coming back from that three-month trip, it's now just I'm just going to find a balance. Yeah. Um, and so I've got a couple of trips planned and booked already. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going away in um, November for two weeks with my dad on a cruise. We're doing a back-to-back cruise. Yep. Um, so just up to the Pacific Islands and then doing a northeast Queensland coastal trip. Um, and then... January, February, March, I'm going away to Dubai and Europe again. Yep. Um, and then I'm back in Europe for a third time in June. So, yeah, mm-hmm. just – and there'll be cruises somewhere mixed in. So, just, it's just finding yeah. a balance. Yeah, and uh, we're just about probably at the end of this now. But mm-hmm. uh, obviously you said you didn't um, didn't really like school. You didn't feel like you'd fit it in. 100%. What advice would you give to the person who's just about to finish the eight um, – just about to finish year 12 – they're not maybe feeling VC or they're a bit like, I don't know what I want to do moving forward. Cause once you're at school, you, you've got that mm. system base, you know what you're doing Monday to Friday, mm-hmm. you've got your schedule already. But then once you leave school, if you don't, for the people that don't think they have a plan, what would your advice be? I don't even know what I'm going to do tomorrow. Like just go try shit, mm-hmm. just try everything. Um, and it becomes really, really easy when you stop caring what anyone else thinks. Like I couldn't give two shit. Was there a point when you did? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like you, you post something hoping people like it, hoping people comment and are happy with it and you don't get hate and stuff. But it gets to a point where it's just like, I'm doing this for me and I don't really care what other people think. Like my life doesn't affect them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the advice I'd kind of give is kind of goes against what you're taught in school is like get your nine to five job and stuff. But like, I can promise you I'm never going to work a nine to five. Yeah. Like I just, I just can't, I can't say myself and full credit to everyone that does like full credit to the guys that get up at 5am 
go to the construction site, work all day and stuff like that's tough. So good on them. Like, but it's just not me. Mm-hmm. I could never do it. Um, and I guess don't be forced into it. Like there seems to be this narrative that maybe even if you're coming out of VCAL, for example, that that's the route you have to go down. You have to be a tradie. Uh, yeah. Like you just have to do it. And I know so many guys that are tradies and they just deal with it. They don't want to be. And it's like, you don't have to do this. Like I'm never going to work a nine to five. It's like, you don't have to do this. Just go try shit. Um, and it's so much easier to do that when you stop caring what others think, I guess. So that's why I'm traveling now. Like for me, I wake up on a Monday or a Tuesday morning and I'm privileged because I wake up and go, all right, what am I doing today? Mm. If I'm home, what am I doing today? Because it's my weekend. Yeah. Like I've got my own business outside of the travel that I don't really speak about, but I do have my own business. Yep. Um, and that's kind of what funds it at the moment. Are you happy to talk about it? I was not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so I'm in disability support. Mm-hmm. So I did that for a few years, um, hands on myself, working for other companies. Yep. Um, and then I had a little bit of business experience behind me already. Um, so I guess I just set up my own company and now I'm hands off. I don't work with my clients anymore. Yep. Um, I've got staff that I've hired that do that. And then I just do all the back end stuff. So if something goes wrong, they call me. If they send me a message, I do all the payroll and I just manage the business. Yep. So as long as I've got internet and a computer, I can be kind of anywhere in the world. hundred percent. Um, and that's my dream. My dream was, I never had financial goals. Um, I always had time freedom and that's what I wanted. Um, and so I've got other goals now that I would like to reach. Um, I've got two main goals that I would like to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, but my first one was just achieving time freedom and that's what I'm at now. So I wake up on Monday, everyone's sulking and I'm like, hell yeah, it's Monday. Like I'm ready to go. What am I doing? Am I going to go play around a golf today? Am I flying out to Queensland just to hang out in Queensland for a week? Like I can literally do what I want when I want. Um, and just to have that freedom is, yeah. And before we go, are the, you got a couple of games left now. Mm-hmm. Are the Bombers going to make finals? No. You don't we'll, think? We'll win the next three. Yep. Um, and your mob, as much as I hate them, yep. they'll, they'll kick our ass by 80 points in the final round. And that would kick you out probably about ninth? Yeah, so if we win three out of the next four, we'll be somewhere between nine and ten, I think. Yep. Um, but if we'll, we'll win the next three, I think. So we've got West Coast, North Melbourne, and GWS. Mm-hmm. To be honest, if we don't win those three, we don't deserve to be in finals anyway. Tell you, tell you what, though, GWS, they're in some they're, good they're, they're in some good form, but if we can't beat them, yep. then we don't deserve to be in finals anyway. But I think we win those three games. Um, and then, yeah, if we, if we beat you guys, I think our chance of making finals is like almost a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but you guys will kick our ass by a hundred points. I've already heard Collingwood fans today going how nice it will be. We kicked Carlton out in the last round last year. Now this year it's going to be Essendon. So, <laughs> oh. uh, nah, good banter. Nah, but just before we finish, is anything you'd like to plug on your socials? I'll leave some links in the, uh, the bio, but, um, just go ahead and plug whatever you need. No, not, not really actually. Like just. I'm not going to push my socials or anything like that. I don't need to. Just if you want to follow me, follow me. If you don't, you don't. <laughs> like, again, I'm doing this for myself. So, like, selfishly, I'm doing it for myself. And then also, I guess, for people that are a bit worried about doing it or are unsure or are going, I guess, with the grain at the moment just because it's easy, I guess that's the perfect way. Follow me and then – or even message me. Like, actually, that's what I will advocate for is um men's mental health. Not even just men's mental health, just mental health in general. Mm-hmm. Um. My DMs are always open. Like, even if you don't know me, my DMs are always open. I've um I've spoken to people at 3 a.m. on the phone, just been up for two, three hours on the phone, making sure they're okay. Not because I need to, but, like, just do it. Like, people are happy to listen. People want to listen. Yeah. So, I um yeah, if I'm going to plug anything, They'd rather, it's just well, What's health. the saying? You'd rather sit up for hours listening to your problems than, have, than hear then about it. Then be at your funeral yeah. a week later. Yeah, yeah. So, if I'm going to plug anything, just speak up. Like, just, just do it. And, um... Like I was in some 
people that, and I'm not going to go really into the nitty gritty details, but for a while I was like in the real shit. I was in deep. Um, and I was so lucky to have like really, really good close friends that I would just bore my eyes out to for ages. Um, and now I'm the happiest I've ever been. Like I'm doing some crazy stuff with my life. Um, I'm at a point where anyone can talk shit to me and I just don't care. Yeah. Um, and I've never been this happy before. And it's just like, you can get out of it and you can actually make something of your life. So I'm just some random kid from Cranbourne. Like yeah. <laughs> that, that's all this is. So, um, yeah, if I'm going to push anything, it's just speak up. Like it's not time really does help with most things in life. Like time is a big thing. Um, and we, we all think short term. We all think even like two, three months down the track, that's still short term. Mm-hmm. Come talk to me about five years down the track. Yeah. Because when you start thinking long term, like thing changes so quickly. So, yeah. yeah. All right, well, thanks for coming on, uh, Mark, and look forward to your trip. And hopefully for your sake, and I know a couple of co-hosts who aren't here at the moment, but I have two of them who are mad and supporters. So let's hope for you and their sake that you guys make the eight. But again, thanks for coming on and we'll plug your socials in the bottom, even though you might not want to, I'll but I'll, I'll put the links in. But thank you again for coming on. No worries. Thanks for having me.